What's good, everybody? I'm Joe. This is your Daily Shot of Inspiration weekend interview series. And do we have a great episode for you today. Today we're talking to Brianna Firestone. You can call her Bri. Um, I was introduced to Bri and Bri's work through my life coaching program with Lumia Coaching. If you're interested in becoming a coach, check out Lumia. I'll put their link down in the show notes. And Bree can teach you as well. So, I don't even know where to begin. Because this episode is so much fun. We talk about all of the things. Dealing with money and finances. And self-limiting beliefs. And money beliefs. And money blockages. And trauma. And how we're, everything comes from this freaking trauma that we all have, right? And we're all just figuring out different ways to cope with some kind of trauma that happened to us, right? Some people drink, some people eat, some people shop, some people spend money, some people have money issues because of it. And we got to start exploring. We, We chat about that in this episode and about manifesting and setting intentions and how our brain works. So really quick, here's a little bit about Brie. Brianna Firestone is the founder of the School of Betty, a platform that empowers women through transformational money healing to create better relationships with their money, time, and energy so they can lessen stress, build financial freedom, and design a badass life they love. As a certified life coach and financial education instructor, Brianna is an expert in teaching personal finance based on neuroscience that is fun, approachable, and easy to implement. Her Fierce Finance 8-Week Program is a successful course that helps women change their money mindset, pay off debt, and create incredible, positive new habits around their finance. Bree's been everywhere, on Mind, Body, Green, to Newsweek, The Financial Diet, Money.com, Reader's Digest, Business Insider, and the list goes on and on. My friends, this conversation is fun. It's powerful, and I hope that you get as much out of it as I do, as I do, as I did, because I did. So before we get into the episode, I want a really quick shameless plug for my masterminds that are starting in February. There are two masterminds this February. The, the OG original Monday night manifestation mastermind group is back. We start February 6th, 7 to 8 p.m. in Zoom link is in the show notes also on my website and in my stand store it's a hundred bucks for the month every monday an hour of group coaching group accountability meditation oracle cards and just community support who 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 doesn't want community support and accountability because friends we are 95 percent more likely to reach our goals when we are being held accountable So come join us on Monday nights. And now on Thursday nights, starting February 2nd from 7 to 8.30 p.m. This is for all of you beautiful light workers out there. For all of you coaches and therapists and artists, whoever you are, and you are ready to shine your light out into the world, this mastermind is for you. Being seen, get out of your way, get heard, and grow your business. Every week we are going to talk about putting yourself out into the world. February 2nd, we're going to be talking about content. What is it that you love? What are you actually sharing with the world? What's that little voice inside calling you to speak on? February 9th, we're going to talk about social media, reels, TikToks, YouTubes, all of the things. February 16th, we are talking about podcasting. Tell your story to the world and know it is not too late to start a podcast. I think you're listening to one right now. And in February 23rd, finding and exploring your outlet. What is the best social platform? What is the best outlet for you to get your voice out into the world? Because guess what? You don't have to put your voice on all of them, but it would help to get your voice out into the world. So thank you so much for being here. I love and appreciate you all. Hit the links in the show notes 
follow Bree. Check out the School of Betty. There are a bunch of free downloads that Bree has for all of you to help you start moving forward with a better money mindset. So kick back, grab a notebook because you can probably jot some notes with this episode and enjoy. I'll see you all really soon. What's up, everybody? I'm Joe. This is the Daily Shot of Inspiration weekend interview series. You just heard that beautiful intro today. I am with neuroscience-based money healer. Holy shit. How about that? Brianna (laughs) Firestone. Thank you so much for being here with us. I cannot wait to dive into this conversation. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. You are so, so welcome to be here. I am so excited. Um, so for everybody listening, I had my first experience with with Brie in the, the Lumia life coaching program that was Journey. And I remember that class, and it was 2019. And I was like, oh, oh there you sh- go. shit, this is what I need. This is what I, <laughs> this is what I need because I'm clueless, right? Like I enjoy social media and marketing myself. But I think you may have said something about like how many coaching clients do you need to have to make the amount of money that you want to make? And I was like, oh, the amount of money I want to make, what does that even <laughs> mean? Yeah. And that really s- stuck with me because before this, I was a photographer and ran a photography business. But even then, I was never like, how much money do I have to make? I kind of just went with the flow. And that class was this beautiful, like, oh, man, wow, you should really get your head out of your ass and uh, (laughs) think about this stuff. Lovingly. I think I said that lovingly. (laughs) I I said that to myself. So thank you for being here. If you can, please, and I know it's crazy, but give us a little bit of who you are, and we're going to kind of roll from there because I'm going to have all the questions about this neuroscience money healing. Oh, I love it. Well, as you already mentioned, I call myself a neuroscience-based money healer, and I do that because I have this saying that money isn't complicated, humans are. Mm-hmm. And as you will, as you know as a life coach, the problem that's presenting is rarely the actual problem. There's usually something beneath. And when it comes to money, this thing that we don't talk about, it's a taboo topic, yet everyone has to navigate it. It's in your life every day for the rest of your life. And it has such an emotional hold on individuals. And usually it's not a positive one. Um, I want to help who I call my buddies at my company, the school of buddies or anyone who's listening to understand that so much about what we carry with our money, um, was either in our subconscious, we learned about it or, um, you know, it's just part of our habit makeup and we get the ability to change that. And I fell into this work because I was a disaster with my money in my twenties. <laughs> I, by the time I was 23, I had of student debt, which by today's standards is not a lot. Mm -hmm. I had $30,000 of credit card debt, which is kind of the big number. And we also have to call out the fact that um, the privilege, like how was an individual (laughs) at that young of an age able to gain that much credit? And I I lived in New York City and I made $30,000 a year. (laughs) Yeah. And I was on the... (laughs) grande mocha frappuccino Starbucks train. Um, This was also before I was actually really paying attention to my health. That was a total sugar bomb. Mm -hmm. And I just struggled with my money. And I had this conversation with myself when I was younger that I was never going to struggle with my money like I saw the adults in my life struggle with it. And here I was doing the exact same thing. And I finally had this, you know, come to Jesus moment with myself where I realized that that was the only thing I was taught. I wasn't taught how to be anything else. I was only taught how to um, not have a good relationship with my money, struggle with my money, live paycheck to paycheck, live beyond my means. That's what I was taught is what I was surrounded my entire my entire life. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of, I was like, you know, I got a lot of grit and willpower. I'm going to pay this off. I created an Excel spreadsheet, didn't really know what I was doing. And I did that. And it wasn't until, you know, fast forward almost eight years later, probably, I was, I gave up shopping for a year. There was a pretty big financial situation in my life and my um, then husband at the time. 
And I was like, I got to do something drastic. And the thing that I could think to do drastically was to give up shopping because although I didn't put things on credit cards and I didn't have credit card debt, as I made more, I spent more. And I was not actually using my money as a tool to help build my wealth or to help me live a life that I really wanted to live. And that is the year that my head exploded because I really started to connect and realize, oh, I'm not shopping because I want this shirt. I'm shopping because I'm lonely in a new city and I'm not entirely happy in my marriage and I'm not fulfilled in my career and all of these deeper emotional things. And it was uncomfortable. Like I did not want to face it, but the fact that I had promised myself I was not going to buy something I didn't need for a year, I was kind of forced to sit with these things. And that was powerful because all of a sudden I just realized how, you know, money is this tool that we can use to live a really awesome life or we get to use it to um, mask and avoid a lot of the deeper stuff that we should probably be working through. And it wasn't about the stuff. And once I started to do that, there was just this calm that occurred for me and a release of guilt, right? It's like, I want my students to be able to buy things and feel awesome about it and not feel guilty. Mm -hmm. And I want them to disrupt their habits of just buying things and like be mindful about, do I really want it? Does this feel good? Like, you know, just kind of go through the whole mindfulness process around our money. And I was like, no one's teaching this. <laughs> like this would have been helpful. I learned how to balance a checkbook, which didn't address any of the emotional stuff. So mm -hmm. I was like, budgets are band-aids unless you understand your emotions and your habits and your behaviors around money. End of sentence. Like that, that's it. Mm -hmm. And so that is, that is where I am today. I am not a scientist. I am a total geek. I am a nerd. I learn all of the neuroscience because if I can help give my student a very quick understanding, a basic understanding of how certain things are working, it helps them release a lot of shame that they have around their money. And so many people are dragging around this heavy shame suitcase when it comes to their money. Yes, all of us. It, and I think it is. It's because one of those things, you just you don't talk about it, right? It's just not spoken about and not taught we're not taught what to do with it when mm -hmm. we when we get it and then all of a sudden it's like oh shit what am i supposed to do yeah Talk we're just taught to be scared of it and so then when we do get it we're just freaking out mm -hmm. <laughs> an interesting thing um is the what i've noticed with uh, people that i've worked with in like the manifestation world is people have a lot of money blocks, right? Like why the, why the money isn't flowing, right? Like the things, the obstacles. But I don't think I've ever heard somebody say what you just said, right? Like I was just buying things and spending things to mask other feelings, right? Where a lot of, which is a, a, an interesting perspective that I, I haven't seen or experienced because again, most of the people are, oh, I can't do that, I can't do that. But probably not even looking at how they are spending the money mm -hmm. that they have, which is then leading to the not having because spending, but they're probably spending to mask. Whoa, that's. Yeah. And starting with the belief, the beliefs they have about money, because I think what most individuals don't understand is, you know, by the time you're nine, you've got a subconscious, your brain is baked in in that subconscious area, which includes beliefs. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, as you're moving into um, that alpha where you're actually starting to bridge the um, conscious and um, subconscious and conscious, right? You're starting to be able to critical think. You already have a whole load of beliefs about things in your life. Mm -hmm. And we often don't think to press back on those as we get older. And so I always ask my Bettys, I'm like, um, who's running your budget here? Is it you or eight-year-old you? Because oh. it's probably eight-year-old you if you haven't cracked open the beliefs that you have. And that's really important because, you know, individuals can say, they can make a statement that it's like, I never have enough money. And, you know, that, that thought, that statement, that belief is powerful because then from there, you know, our brains love to attach a feeling 
mm-hmm. an emotion to it. So we attach an emotion, probably not a good one. And then those emotions are leading us into our actions. And so those actions are probably what is actually called um, the what the hell effect, where yeah. you're just kind of like, I already overspent here. I'm going to YOLO, mm-hmm. which was coined by two diet scientists. Money and food are very similar. And then those actions get you your results and those results reaffirm your thought and your belief. Mm -hmm. But if I have a positive thought around money, if it's like money is always there to support me, my emotions are very different about it, which means my actions are probably different and my results are different. Mm -hmm. And so, so many individuals try to just go to the um, either manifest they want more money Mm-hmm. Or um, I just have to have a, a budget. And it's like, well, we, we need to unpack some things. Because even if you're just trying to manifest things, if you have a belief that you don't deserve it, or you have a belief that you can only make so much, that's not coming. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to show up for you. Not even a little. And I love to recommend people, and I'm sure you, you know this, right? Like, ask yourself why. When people say, I want to I manifest money, I always say, Why? And there's always a reason, right, that that money is going to get you something. I want I want the freedom. I want the car. I want the house. Okay, well, you want the house then. You want the freedom. You don't want the money. The money is just a tool. Yes. But when we focus on that tool and we have all of these crazy stories that money is bad, everybody with money is bad, subconsciously we're blocking ourselves, even though we're like, no, I want it. I want it all. Give it to and me. And you're nailing it. I know. I tell students, like, you can't secretly think people with money are bad and also want more money. Right. It, kind of just, <laughs> it just shuts the door right there. It's a big the invisible roadblock that's put right in front of you. Yep. Yep. Um, I'm I'm curious how how can we change those money beliefs right that that were imprinted on us yeah well we have to actually start to see what's there right and it's a simple exercise of like what are my beliefs about money how did i learn about money what were the phrases i heard about money growing up what were the emotions um what scenarios in my life do i remember And sometimes it's not directly about money. I remember one student was recalling, I remember being in third grade and wearing this outfit and being acutely aware that it was not name brand like the people in my circle. Mm -hmm. That is very much like tied around like maybe I don't have enough or, you know, that starts the cycle. And, and I, and here's the thing, not ironically, but she remembers this around third grade, which is what? It's when we're hitting that alpha brainwave stage, right? Where it's like we're moving from the conscious to the or subconscious to the conscious. And understanding what that map looks like, understanding what those stories are, then we get to see it. And then we get to ask, is this serving me now in my adult life mm-hmm. in the direction I want to go? It's such a simple step. It's not rocket science, but no, hardly anyone does that. Hardly anyone pauses to say, wait a minute, do I actually believe this? What is, what are my beliefs that I have underneath there? Mm-hmm. And decide if it's serving you, if it isn't serving you. And how would you like to reframe that and rewrite it? Because essentially that's what we're doing. We are re- rewiring our brain, but we have to know where we are first we got to know where you're starting from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it's like, you're not even, I'm sure you in the manifestation world, you're in this space where it's, you know, you could want a million dollars, but you could maybe not believe or be a match for the million dollars yet. Mm -hmm. Maybe you got some steps to get there. Right. But um, then we have this expectation that things just happen overnight instead of looking for the progress or kind of the incremental, like, Ooh, that feels better. Like, Ooh, I like that. And so we have to start with the story where you are. And then we have to start with, you know, where do you want to go? How do you want that? And that is the first step. And when you become mindful of your thoughts, once you write those stories down, it becomes very apparent the individuals in your world, if they are in a positive or a negative lens around their money. And newsflash, most of the individuals in your world are probably going to be in a negative lens. And so here we start the, the pioneering, the uphill battle, because I'm like, you, you are starting to take a charge where, you know, the majority of the world doesn't, 
they don't have the thought potter, pattern around money being positive. Um, if they did, recessions wouldn't, we'd have to redefine the whole theory of economics, which is based off of fear. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm, as you're saying that, I'm thinking how a lot of people just have that fear of literally just looking at your bank account. You're like, oh, shit, I wonder what is in there today. Yeah. Right? It, and it, when we aren't looking at it, how are we going to fix it and address it? And we give it power. You know, I always say money money's a thing. Like it cannot take on an emotion unless you give it one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to, it, to, 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 to to touch on that because I saw on your website, I think you have money is like a sock. A sock. It can't do its job unless you put the sock on your foot, right? Uh-huh. It's like no one's mad at a sock. And <laughs> because it's like, you know, money is this tool and it's this thing. And, I, and I'm definitely in this space where I coach around just the energetics of it, right? We call it currency. Mm-hmm. Money loves to move. Like, let's move money. Like, it'll come back to you. Um, but we also have to just remove our emotions from it and just be like, it's there to help you, but you have to know where you want it to go. You have to have a vision of how you want that money to help you. It wants to support you, but if you don't give it a job, it will love to support itself and spend it wherever it would like to spend itself. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we give this, this object so much emotion and, and, you know, I kind of use the example of like, you know, when you first started like a, let's say a new workout class or something, I just did a new workout class last week, actually. And I did not feel as much of an awkward turtle as I probably could have. But you know that feeling when you go in, there's like the group, they already like, they know each other. They already know what to grab. They're doing their thing. They have their spaces and you just feel so awkward. But if you do that two or three times, then all of a sudden you're in the flow and it's no different with your money. And so when I guide my students to look at their bank account every day with curiosity, we're not there to judge what you spent. We are simply in the practice of spending time with your money and we are in the practice of removing the emotion from it, almost desensitizing yourself so that we can get to a logical place with our money. In the beginning, people always think like, oh, I'm this age. I should know how to do this. I'm like, should you? Uh-huh. Like there's a lot of teaching that is like money's logical. Just do this. I'm like, well, obviously, if it was that easy, everyone would be doing it. <laughs> this, it's highly emotional until you unpack that emotional suitcase. Then we get to be to a logical space. Then we get to be in a neutral space with money. And that's what money is. It's neutral. Yes. Yes. It's. It is, we give it, like you said, so much power and so much worry about it. And I know for myself, the interesting thing, I quit my my day job 13 years ago in February to be a photographer and teach yoga, and none of it was planned. It all just happened, right? Mm -hmm. My boss called to yell at me, and I was like, I quit. I'm out. (laughs) And... In doing that, right, it was like that shock of, wow, I, I was making the most money I ever made, not managing it properly. And now I quit my job and I'm going to try to start my own business and I don't know what I'm doing. And the drastic shift overnight that happened in my life on buying things, spending money changed instantly because now I was like, I'm, I don't know when I'm getting money. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know when it's coming in. And over like the first couple of years, I started realizing like, holy shit, like if I would have lived this way, being aware of my money and not spending it, all of that money that I did make when I had that corporate IT job would still be here or be working for me. Yeah. But even when, you know, like progressively, and I'm sure you see this a lot, we get a new job where we get a raise and we are right back in that like paycheck to paycheck or wherever we were. And then we get another job. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, I got a new job. I guess I have to get a new car or something. And it's like, we just stay in that cycle. Mm -hmm. It is a big, big cycle. I'm happy to elaborate. (laughs) Yeah. I'm curious, like for me, right? Like I threw myself, I was like, I quit. I freaking quit. I don't know what I'm going to do. Right. Like, so I put myself into that position I'm like, oh, shit, I only have X amount of money, and I don't know. I don't even know how to run a business, but I'm going right. <laughs> to try. Figure it out. Right? <laughs> to, so it was like I got forced into 
being aware of it. But when you're not and you get that excitement, we've all been there. I got the new job. I'm making yeah. this much money. And you get the first paycheck. I was like, is it gone already? What did I do? So how do, how do we break out of that cycle? Oh, that's such a good question. And I know your listeners can relate to this because I don't know a human who has not experienced this or not. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I think is so important that we're just like not taught to do, and maybe that's different for individuals who are younger now growing up, but I wasn't taught how to set my values for my life and what was important to me. And when we don't do that, we subscribe to what everyone else is doing. We subscribe to the path that everyone else is on. By this time, I should be married. I should probably have a kid. I should be here in my job. I should have a fan. I show wealth when I have a nice car, when I have a bigger home, when I start to buy toys. And sometimes people never break out of that cycle. Sometimes they never have the aha moment of like, wait a minute. But individuals who come into my world, and I'm guessing with your listeners, there is this moment where it's like, why do I have all this? Like, I don't, I don't want this stuff. And we're usually not doing that early on. We are just kind of, um, you know, going with the flow that everyone else is doing. And, or we have also created a quote unquote budget, but it was from like a diet budget standpoint, which is, you know, super restrictive. Most people, when they hear budget, it's like their whole nervous system is like, dun, dun, dun. Like, nope, we're not doing that. And so if you're coming from this place of feeling restrictive, um, you're totally going to YOLO or want to celebrate each time, but your money flow should feel flowy. You should maybe, you know, depending on your goals, you might have a season of sacrifice, but you shouldn't feel like you're missing out on your life. And I think a lot of people have been taught the opposite. There are some old school money teachers out there. I will not name names. You can go on my channel and I will name them all day long <laughs> with some hashtags. Um, but I'm just like, you know, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. This is me. This is not me guiding you to YOLO, but you, I think you can pay off your debt and put towards your retirement and live your life. Mm -hmm. Like it, that's just, we're here now, right? This is what we have. We're meant to enjoy it. And, you know, so creating our values in that space and understanding it, I think is really important. And I also think, you know, I, I know what this feels like, right, to make more money and to spend more. And I always say this, it doesn't matter if you're making $200,000 or $2,000, like managing it is the same. If we have never been taught the skill set, if we don't know our values for it, if we don't know where we want to go, if we don't know our habits and behaviors around it, we're not going to be able to manage the the big amount of money, which is why most lotto winners go back to exactly where they were. It's not about the money. It's about your habits and your behaviors. And it's about how you are also spending your other resources, your time and your energy. And money just often shows up as a symptom, right? So I think, you know, you had that moment of having the aha of like, oh man, like I, I should have been doing this earlier. And energetically, it feels like you have a very healthy relationship with that. Like it is what it is, which is where I want I want individuals to be because it's like sometimes we don't learn the lesson unless we do it. Mm -hmm. Like we kind of, we just like accept where you are is where you're supposed to be and the lesson is the lesson. And then we get to move on from that. And knowing what you want and some future goals, and it doesn't have to be like 10 years or five years, sometimes it can be just 90 days, is enough to help guide your money. It's enough to help curb your spending or guide your spending in a way that's in alignment for you. When we don't do that, we just spend. Because guess what? When you stop shopping, you will get bored. That's <laughs> one thing I realized when I gave up shopping for years. I, I got a lot of time on my hands. <laughs> Interesting, and a lot of people do not know how to be in that just being uh -huh. in the gray in the like hmm, right it's gonna be right? bored today uh-huh people don't know how to be bored i'm professional at it now <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love those days where i'm like and it's usually on a sunday i'm like oh i have nothing today i'm gonna do nothing and fight and then, the urge of like i should be doing something it's like should you uh -huh. yeah should you mm-hmm I, I love that you brought that up because that's something that I fought with myself a lot when I started doing my own thing. I was like, I wouldn't be working this much if I was working for somebody else. Like I would actually clock out and go home 
But now I'm home all of the time doing what I do and I can't stop because then I feel bad, right? Like I'm not, like I should be doing something because I have this, this time. Yeah. Such a, 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 a balance. And I think then it also comes, it comes back to the money I should be working because if I'm working, I'm going to get paid. And if I'm not doing this, how am I going to right keep that? Because we are taught money is hard. Right. You have to work hard. Listen to that phrase, y'all. You have to work hard to earn your money. And it's so interesting because we will have judgment when money comes easily to individuals. Yeah. I remember growing up, people were like, oh, well, they have a trust fund. I'm like, well, I want a trust fund. That sounds great. Right. Sounds freaking <laughs> awesome. Sign me up. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, their their parents had money or or, you know, this. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, I believe money can be easy. And, you know, I am, I love working. So this is not, this is not a um statement to say, like, you know, start your business and then just like be flowy all day. Like you gotta like you got to have some like commitment and consistency here, people. That That's one like thing that gets me kind of riled up a little bit when we start talking about money flow and just manifestation. And, you know, some individuals are like, you know, you just be too flowy. And it's like, you got to like show up. There's an mm-hmm. element of structure that has to take place. And um, yeah, I also what popped up for me when you're talking about working for yourself is you're also pushing back against this like 40 hour work week thing that was just created for, you know, the industrialized. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. And and that's all we know. And I think it's important to push back to say money can be easy because we have a lot of habits around making money hard. Mm-hmm. We will, you know, it's like when people are like, let me buy you lunch. Oh, no, 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 no. Right. Right. It's like, ugh, it's like they just want to pay $5,000 for this coaching package. And it's like, you know, some coaches will be like, ugh, like I need to add more things. It's like, do you? Mm-hmm. Like it just puts us in this space where we have to, if we can pause and settle into our body a little bit more and tell ourselves that money gets to be easy, ooh, it's a different ballpark. It's uncomfortable. It'll be uncomfortable. Um, but it's a totally different ballpark. And I, I would think the more we do it like everything else – the better it, it will become. Yeah, and the easier it gets, for sure. And I, I, an interesting thing I've been noticing in in my life is having you know a, a better outlook on it as well, right? Like being out of the space of I don't have enough, or this is so expensive, or I can't afford this. Because I think when we drop into those spaces, we're literally then programming our brain, our reticular activating system, to show us that we can't afford it, right? Ooh. I love the sciency. Yes, we right? are. <laughs> I can't. I, I I can't do this. So that your brain will show you why you can't. I can't go on vacation. It'll just show you because that's what you keep telling it. So we have to change the story and start being like, no, I can't afford these things. And literally the other day, I was talking to my mom. I'm I'm on um, some blood thinning medication, and I got moved to some new technology blood thinners that might be a little more pricey, um, which is totally fine. And I was talking to my mom and she was being very sweet. And she was like, I think you can, you know, go on their website and you can probably get some coupons. And I'm like, well, it's totally cool, mom. I, I can afford it. And in me saying those words, I can afford it. I literally felt weird. Like it was almost expected that I needed the coupon. And it was weird to literally say to my mom, I can't afford it. Listen, uh, you're nailing it again. Like this is so common when, you know, someone's like, oh my gosh, I love that jacket. And it's like, oh, thanks. I got it on sale. Right. It's like, it's like, well, you could to buy something full price if you want to. Mm -hmm. And I think saying like, I can't afford that. It's such a, it's, it's a statement kind of baked in like not a lot of power, but I always, I, I love that you mentioned the statement because The reality is we as humans are very good at getting what we want when we really want it. Mm -hmm. You can ask a parent, right? When they're like, my child is dying to go to this camp and they have to go to this camp. And it's like, you will move whatever you need to move to make it happen. I think that is a a, a downfall of life, (laughs) of the human, is that when we are in the situation, right, where our backs are up against the wall, we will figure that shit out. Yeah. And I think if you, you know, energetically, if you just listen to your body, when you say like friends are inviting you out and you're trying to stay on your money flow or they're like, let's just say they're like, oh, we're going on this weekend trip. 
And, and a lot of times you'll be tempted to say like, oh, I would love to, but I can't afford it. Mm-hmm. It feels so sad in your body to say that. But if, but if you say like, oh my gosh, that sounds so much fun. I would love to try to go next time. Right now I'm, um, I have some different money focuses. That feels really powerful in your body. It, that puts you in the driver's seat of you making choice around your money instead of being in this like, I just can't. Yeah, I love that. That's such a great reframe for it. Because then again, it, it, it is also helping our brain go in the direction that, that we want it to go. Yeah, Not- and when you talk about the reticular activation system, like g- go back to your beliefs because that is also part of it, right? Your belief system is a way that your brain filters information. Yeah. So back, same as like your the vision, right? It's It's all coming there first, but it's, it's, you know, if you don't believe you can go on vacation or that's not the lifestyle for you, you're, you will continue to see, you will find what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. If you're, if you were saying like, this is not for me or I, I can't live that lifestyle, you will just see all day long, all of the reasons why that is so. But if you start looking for the reasons as to how that is possible or it's for you, you will start to, you will see it all day long mm-hmm. of things starting to present themselves for you. I know you're teaching this, right? It's, it's, we are blind to the tiny little signs every day that pop up for us because we just assume it's not a sign Yep. It's just because there. we're not looking for it. It's just there. Yeah. Right. I, I, for everybody that's listening, I know y'all heard this before, but I love um, talking about pink flamingos when I talk about this stuff because pink flamingos are everywhere, but you don't notice them until we start saying pink flamingo, pink flamingo. Now, you'll probably see a pink flamingo today or tomorrow. Everybody I'm very listening. excited about this. I love tropical things. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> As you can see by my background. <laughs> yeah, but, but they're everywhere, right? They literally are everywhere, so much so that our brain stops seeing them. So then when we start talking about them, it's like, oh, my God, that's magic. I manifested these pink flamingos. But it's like, you really didn't. They were there. And I love the magic woo-woo side of it. Totally. But it it really is just our brain. Again, like we're not taught, you know, that we have this supercomputer that will actually help us if we speak to it the right way. Yeah. It's so – oh, I love that. I can't wait to look for pink flamingos today, actually. I love that because when I talk about abundance or I always tell my students, I'm like, I'm not going to teach you how to manifest things, but it's probably going to happen simply mm-hmm. because you are looking at things differently. Yeah. Your cool. lens is different now. That's really what it comes down to. The, the reframing of the way that we're looking at the world and the way that we're talking about it. And yeah. it, it's, it's, I love this example as well. When you're talking to a friend and they've been single and they want a new girlfriend or a boyfriend and they're like, oh, all men are crazy. All women are crazy. They all (laughs) suck. Right. You're about to see that. (laughs) Exactly. And I was like, well, literally, you just said all men, women are crazy for the last 45 minutes. Of course, the next person you're going to date is going to be crazy because it's exactly what you're telling your brain to show you. Yeah. I love that you use that example because you know, you know this from going through some of my master classes, but that is, you know, I want you to think of your money like a relationship you care about. Mm -hmm. And we are building a relationship with our money. And so we have to start dating our money at first. And, you know, I always say this in the beginning, apply to any area of your life, right? Dating, whatever, but it's don't have the expectation of a silver bullet. You are setting yourself up for disappointment. Mm -hmm. I want you to have an intention when you go into things. So, you know, I got divorced two years ago and I was with my, my ex for almost 19 years since I was a baby. And here I am like, you know, in my early forties starting today, I'm like, what is my life right now? Like what's happening? (laughs) But I remember going into it, just being open. Like I'm going to have fun and I'm going to meet new people. Mm -hmm. And each time I went into a date, it was not with the expectation that, you know, cupids were going to start flying around and I would have this instant like, oh my gosh, this is my next partner. But I would sit there and be curious and have fun. And in that process, I'd be like, oh, I like this quality. We're getting closer. And then go on the next date like, ooh, let's add this. We're getting closer. 
and have that same approach with your money. So often individuals are like, I, you know, they start to have a budget and then it's not perfect or it doesn't work instantly. And they're like, these don't work. And it's like, well, you haven't found the thing that works for you yet. It's just like dating. It's just like trying to find the partner, but you have to be mindful of the things that are working. Like, oh, that was really good. I stayed on this line item, but I really went over here. Okay, well, let's adjust this for next month. It's like if you can be curious in the discovery of that, that's it's so powerful. It really, and I think with everything, from manifesting anything to working well with our money, it's, it's what are our beliefs? What do we stand for? What are our values? And looking at those things, what what is our happy? And when we know those things, we have guideposts that will then help us get to those things. Yep. But like a lot of us, it's like you if 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 you work in in corporate America, right? You have your yearly review, your quarterly review, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, there, I don't know a lot of people, and I know when I was in that position, I wasn't thinking like, oh, well, I wonder what I want to do next year. Right. Like it was always like, yeah, I want to raise. I want to do better at my job. So I get my whatever measly 3% raise. <clears throat> but that was it. I didn't go home then and think, huh, what are my goals and aspirations for anything? Like it wasn't even in my head. And yeah. I can only assume that if it wasn't in my head, it's probably not in 95% of the heads that are out there. Right. Until we get shook or something happens and it's like, oh shit. I got to do this or I got to do that. How am I going to make it happen? You are so right. When So in my main program, Fierce Finances, when we get to visioning and values, which is week three, it is the hardest week for my students mm-hmm. to write out their vision for their life. There's so much... Um, we spend a lot of time, number, like I said before, just living on this, like, well, this is the path we do Uh and we don't spend enough time saying like, well, what's for me? What feels good to me? Because I find so often, and this is true for me as I've gone through this major life transition of like realizing just how much programming I have around what's right, what's wrong, what's the timing. I'm just like, wait a minute, like, where is that coming from? Like having this moment of really questioning that to say, well, I actually want this. And then having the courage to do that thing because it doesn't look like everyone else. And I feel like so many of us, when we create goals or a vision, it's very surface because we haven't spent enough time to actually really identify what we want because sometimes what we want, what we truly desire is not what the society around us is the norm or says we should want. And and for some of my students, they will they are perfectly happy in their lives. They feel good. Like they don't want to manage a ton of people or climb the ladder or have a yacht. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like they're pressuring themselves to have those things. Right. I'm like, you get to have whatever life you want. You want to raise goats in your backyard in the middle of the city? Rock and roll. You want a yacht? Rock and roll. Like everyone gets to choose what it is. There's no cookie cutter approach to money. But that vision aspect is so important because we won't have a North Star then. Right. We need to know where we're going. We got to know where we're going. And we get to change. It's like a road trip, right? You get to be three months in or six months in and be like, yeah, this isn't it. I don't like it. Permission to change your mind, y'all. You do not have to stick with it just because you claimed a goal. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. 100%. You were allowed to change your mind and switch direction and pivot and do all of the things. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't want to fail. It's like, fail. Like, knock that out of the park. You will know clearly if you won't know unless you make a decision. Mm-hmm. Right. It's part of the journey. That sounds so woo woo and just like, you know. But it's the truth. Like, that's the. Like a poster in a dentist's office or something. <laughs> like. <laughs> Make a choice. It would be a great poster. (laughs) Um, But it's it's you know the truth. Like you look at all of all of the books ever written on manifesting self help. All of it. It's really like, well, what do you want, right? That it's that. What is the burning desire? And think and grow rich. What is your burning desire? Yeah. And once we know what that is, then we make our plans. If the plan fails, make another fucking plan. But don't change the burning desire. Like keep your north star going, Mm -hmm. where it's gonna go. But stay on track. So who cares totally. if we fail? Totally. Like, it's it's not the norm, I think, for um 
individuals to, well, you can think of people around you if they're constantly trying things or changing things, like they can get this label of like, oh, they don't know what they want. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're telling me you know exactly what you want and you've known it for 20 years. <laughs> right. I mean, I even look at myself over the past 13 years from photography and yoga to content creation to podcast to coaching. Like people would look at me like, what the fuck is Joe doing? I'm like, I'm doing everything I love. Yeah. You know, instead of being like, I'm only going to do this. I do a little bit of all of it. And the more I hone in and actually listen to what my soul is getting fed from, the more those avenues start expanding. But I got to listen to myself and be like, no, I'm going to do this. And people are probably going to think I'm a weirdo. But (laughs) hey, at least I'm living, right? I'm I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I'm like, fly your freak flag, people. Like, just do it. And it's hard. Super hard. It's hard. It's, it's, I mean, it's the wildest thing. I just did this beta program where, you know, it's called Heart. And it was all about, you know, here to experience absolute radical transformation. That's what I like mm. coined it as. Because I said, when you actually hear your soul, you may not like what it's going to tell you. It's not always the easy direction, right? Mm-hmm. And and when you start to follow that, it it will require a lot of you to do it because the easy thing is to stay where you are in the habit that you're in, which apply to your money. When you know you need to make a change with your money and it feels scary, it's like allow that fear to actually be the indicator to you that you're moving into change. Because if you're not scared, you're staying the same. And your brain, that's your brain's goal. It doesn't know if where you are right now is serving you well or not. Right. It's just trying to keep you safe. It's trying to keep you safe, right, from the dinosaurs that aren't chasing us anymore. (laughs) And I think a lot of individuals use that as like, I feel scared. And we know we can reframe that. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, this this should be easy. And I'm like, "Your, your path with your money, with your life is often not easy. Like we've equated that alignment equals easy without any bumps. And it's just like not the journey we're on. Mm-hmm. Silver so bullet again. <laughs> right, right. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't go on the journey. It should push us to go on the journey for that exploration and the discovery of what, totally. you know, what might, what might come up for us instead of just uncomfortable. And we see it with everybody. You know, I'm sure <laughs> I'm, I'm also divorced. I'm sure your divorce was not the most comfortable thing that you've done in your life. I mean, I was, gosh, what a, I, I underestimated when individuals in my life went through divorce, what it really meant mm-hmm. until I actually went through it myself. And I was not prepared for the amount of grief, even though I was the one wanting to move out of the partnership and talk about another, like my soul says, this is complete and it's time to move on. Mm -hmm. And my brain being like, what? This is not a good idea. And just that battle. And oh my gosh, it is talk about me having to go back through all of my money lessons again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at a deeper level. And I'm like, am I going to be teaching money through divorce? Like it was just, I know I teach the thing that I am navigating and then I have to go through. And there has just, um, what has been powerful about my process and divorce. Number one, I went in with the intention of like, I'm going to show this human care and love. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I refuse for this to be a drag out kind of dirty, gross thing that everyone says it's going to be. I'm just, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. Doesn't mean it was easy. It was very hard. But one of the things that I think is so powerful that I'm still reminded of every day is how much you really just have to let go and surrender. And I know sometimes when people hear that, it's hard for them to imagine what that actually means. Like, how do I put that into practice? And you know, it is very present in money, you know, especially manifestation. Like we can't be attached to how something's going to come. But I was just telling you, my my dog, who is my life, was in the emergency vet this weekend. And I had to have a moment with there with myself based on what was happening. I just had to have a conversation of like, I I am, I can let you go if I need to let you go. 
the same as I started dating and being in relationship, I can let you go if I need to let you go. And I can still love you fiercely if you are not the right person for me. That's huge. Because that is not how I was operating before. I was clinging on to everything. And when it comes to your money, when you're clinging on to the money, you are re- you are so restrictive. Like you're just like making your world smaller of like what is possible and what is available to you. But the minute you let it go and trust and know, I, I've always figured it out. Mm-hmm. May not have been easy, but I've always figured it out. I will continue to figure it out. Then you're in a different space. With your money, your life, your career, all the things. Mm-hmm. Just having that courage to be like, ah, I don't know what's happening, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep going. Well, we love to think that we know we can predict. What's right, going right. <laughs> um, have you heard of the book um, "The Illusion of Money" by Kyle Cease? I have not read that. Oh, but I'm. I'm curious. There's a thing that just popped into my head about actually how money is fake. So I would. <laughs> are you? A, do you know of Kyle Cease? He's a, a comedian that is now a coach, self help, money guy. Not super. No, not familiar. It's it's a great. I book. feel like I've seen some videos of his, but I couldn't like recall for yeah, you. He he pops around, but it's a really great book. And a big part of the book is that idea that. The, the remembering, right? That we've all failed, right? We've all been at a place where we had probably no money yep. or our bank account was in the negative and we're still here. We're still here. We're still here. So as we're going yep. through, right? And you get to that spot of, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? You're going to be okay, right? Now, yeah. obviously be careful out there, everybody, right? Like, don't, right? Don't, you know, don't do anything <laughs> stupid. But for the most part, in the, the this scope of life, right? Like, I quit my job. I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't have savings. I didn't have a plan. But somehow, here I am, right? Yeah. It still kind of worked. There were a lot of lessons. But it was like, mm-hmm. we, we can just keep going and and be open to whatever may come. Yeah. And then get out of our own fucking way. <laughs> yeah. I love what you just said about the illusion of money simply because I love to point this out for um, the Bettys. And that is, you know, only 8% of the world's currency is actually in physical form. Mm. If everyone went to the bank today to try to get other money, it's not possible y'all. It is a spreadsheet on a data drive somewhere and it works because we believe in it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's why it works. And, you know, a student recently, if you can start to recognize some of these little things, all of a sudden you're like, oh, like you can release a lot of stress and worry and be okay with like your means and what you have. I had a student who was like, we just refinanced. We moved all of our credit card debt into a, a personal loan at a lower interest rate. And I'm like, that's a solid money move. And she's like, oh, I'm so relieved. And I was like, I love this. And I just want to call out for you that you still have the same amount of debt. But look at how much release you were able to give yourself. Mm-hmm. You can also do that when you have credit card debt. You don't have to wait for the money move. Like, yeah, your credit card debt costs you a lot of money. But it's like debt is debt. Like we get to call that neutral too. There's just so many hangups we have around that money stuff. And um, I think it's so important to remind yourself that you've gotten through it. Or there were moments when you probably, I remember there were moments when I was like, oh my gosh, my floater account can't below be below 50,000. I'm just like, I can't do it. And then it's like, you know, below 10,000. I'm like, I feel good. I'm just like, what? wait a minute, what just happened here? <laughs> right? I feel good. <laughs> It's totally a mindset. It's like, well, I'll figure it out. And that's not to bypass, like, you know, Maslow's hierarchy needs, food, shelter, clothing. There's a moment, I think, if you are really stressed out and fearful around your money, we get to go and address, are my basic needs taken care of? Because the reality is when we start freaking out about money, we're worried about our security and our safety. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes we have to show our brain that we're safe and we're okay. Yeah. And that it's all taken care of. And maybe you have a backup plan. Maybe I move in with a parent or whatever it is. Maybe not ideal, but that will be enough to kind of allow you some calm because we want to be in a calm space with our nervous system. Otherwise, we will block off the things coming to us. We will not want to take any risks. Like we just will, like you said, the lens will be very different. Mm-hmm. The This might sound odd, but it just helps me over the years. When I'm feeling down on myself about finances, 
the um I don't remember the exact statistic, but the amount of people in the country that couldn't afford a four hundred dollar car emergency. Like, huge. Huge. And the I remember majority. Yeah. And the, I remember the first time I heard that, I'm like, shut up. Like, because again, <laughs> I was thinking, I'm the like, I'm the only one that if you know, if something happens, I'm screwed. But then realizing, wait, I'm not alone. Everybody You're not is, alone. Every, almost everybody is in this position. Yeah. And that takes so much of the like stigma away, thinking like, oh, I'm a bad, I'm a bad person because I don't know how, you know, to manage the finances. And for the longest time, that made me like literally like drop my shoulders, not in a good way, but like, I'm not the only one that's fucked. That's great though. <laughs> I mean, I get where you're like, oh, I don't want to just like be here and be like, it's fine. Everyone else is like doing this. But right. the magic in that is we assume because we don't talk about our money that everyone else has it figured out. Right. Or they're driving a fancy car and they have a big house. It does not mean they are, they are secure financially or healthy. Mm-hmm. In their wealth. Like it, that's not, it doesn't mean that, right? It doesn't mean just because you don't have any credit card debt that your wealth picture is fine. And so I always remind people that, you know, the US government is in trillions of dollars in debt. So I was like, you're doing okay. Right. You got right. 20K in credit card debt. Like, come on now. <laughs> like, it's fine. Like, you know, this, it's, you know, shaky, but it's still operating somehow. <laughs> right, right. Oh, oh my goodness. This was so much fun. I just want to look at my notes because there were some things um, that I highlighted. Oh, since, you know, a part of, along with um, helping people manifest and do all that jazz, I help people, you know, do this as well, put themselves in front of the camera. And I'd, I'd love to, to just touch on that really quick, that yeah. not only do you have the School of Betty, that we didn't even really talk about the School of Betty, and who is Betty? Um, <laughs> but we, we'll definitely get there. And okay. uh, what was it like creating this and allowing yourself to be seen? Because mm. you have this amazing gift to share, but obviously you had to allow yourself to be seen and put yourself out into the world. So. What, what was that experience like for you? Oh, I love that. Gosh, it's such a, when entrepreneurs start and they're doing this online thing, it's like scary, right? Mm-hmm. I have to say I had a little bit of a leg up because I majored in theater. Nice. And um, my whole career, I was, I never perform. I mean, I didn't perform as my career, but I was always been marketing and PR. And so I sometimes had to be on camera for my clients. And so Um, But that does not mean I was comfortable just like popping on Instagram, doing a selfie or like doing a video. And I was actually just talking to um, one of my entrepreneur friends and we had started our businesses at the same. We're in our, we'll hit year six in September. And I remember watching one of my first videos on Instagram and I was just like, oh, you sweet little awkward turtle. Like, (laughs) oh my gosh. But it's. You just have to keep going. It's just like looking at your bank account every day. Like you're not going to get comfortable with it unless you start doing it. Mm -hmm. And you have to believe so much in your message that you don't care if you look like an idiot. And I'm so passionate about teaching individuals who identify as women. Like I was like, gosh, you, the world is your oyster. If you feel confident in, in how to manage your money, doesn't mean you have to do it cookie cutter or even by best practices, but in a way that works for you, it will change your life. And I'm so passionate about it because, um, you know, so many individuals accept their life of just like, well, this is the way it is. Mm -hmm. Just like, ew, no, like we get to have choice, but you know, for I'm sure you experience this for individuals who are creating their their um, company or going on the entrepreneur journey or you know l- wanting to leave a marriage. It's like or change careers. Money is the thing that's going to pop up mm-hmm. to either be the pathway or the roadblock. And so you have to have a good relationship with your money, especially you know in in. I'm getting on my money track, but like for me, it was like, I had to believe more in what I was, the message I had and, um, the, knowing the experience I went through that someone else could benefit from just my struggle Mm -hmm. to help them. That was really powerful. And, and I have to say, I had to go back through that lesson of being seen, Joe, going through this divorce and finally actually starting to talk about that. 
and being very clear about my finances or more transparent. It's like, I, I, I'm building my wealth back up again. Mm -hmm. This looks a lot different for me. And I had to go through this journey of feeling like a fraud as a money coach mm -hmm. because I had a life transition happen that really changed what my finances looked like. And so, you know, this entrepreneurship is just like masterclass in self development. Yes. <laughs> always, always growing and evolving. But you will never, you will never be disappointed if you were, if you feel so passionately about your business, about your a message that you have, which I, I say this, like you wouldn't have the urge to do it unless you were meant to probably do that. Like there's, there's a gift that you have. And let me tell you, I was standing in the lobby. I was walking my dog out at this emergency hospital, random one in Denver and I'm walking her back in and this woman who was it standing in this little, you know, vestibule, she was like, oh my gosh, you're Bet Betty? I was like, well, I'm like, no makeup. I'm like frazzled. It's been a long, I've been there at the hospital all day. And I was like, she's like, oh my God, you're the school of Betty. Like, oh my God, I love you. You've helped me so much. And I was just like, oh, oh my, oh my God, that's so great to hear. And I had to go in with my dog to the hospital. And then she sent me a message on Instagram later, but I'm like, that, that that mm -hmm. show up because someone is waiting for what you have that gift you have and they can't find you unless you allow yourself to be seen oh you said that's so perfect i just got goosebumps so someone so, needed to hear that yeah 100 100 this is a shameless plug because i'm just oh, opened up a registration for a february mastermind called being seen Allowing Ooh, yourself get it. to be seen, right? What from creating content to where you're going to put your content to what do you got to say? It. And I'm really excited about that because this is you know part of and again how we talked earlier, but like the evolution and the more I work with people, the more it's like I I see your spark, and I want you to see your spark, and I can help you put your spark out into the world because the world needs that spark. And yeah. Like, working with people in that way, that same thing, right? To get a message from somebody to be like, and it might sound silly, but to be like, I just did my first Instagram reel. And I, I was super scared, but I did it. And people <laughs> are commenting like, no shit, right? No shit. People are seeing you because you're allowing yourself to be seen. Yes. Oh, I love that. So that's pretty powerful. Really quick, because I don't want to keep you too long. Tell us about Betty and where did the school of Betty come from? Betty, you know, I actually realized this the other day. I was like, I, that should be a little more present on my website because the story is um, very close to me. Betty is the name of my grandmother, um, my dad's mom. And she was just a badass. Like when I, you know, my dad mostly raised my sister and me. And so um, my granny was a very, you know, motherly figure in my life growing up. And, but she was, she owned her own real estate business, like when it was mostly men. She uh, she just was always kind of pioneering as a woman um, in a time when it was really tough. And even in her 80s, she was on her Nordic track, if y'all remember those. <laughs> she was studying all the bridge moves. She was like, you know, contributing to her community. And when I thought of just like being a badass and living my life with a lot of fulfillment, I always thought of my granny Betty. And so I knew when I was creating this company that I didn't want my name on it. Um, I just, that felt very visceral to me. And so I was like, oh my gosh, it's the school of Betty because it's not just about money. There's just like so many life things. This is why I'm a life coach, right? It's just, it's really about the money. It's all about so much deeper. And so I love it. And it's just kind of evolved into these, you know, I call my, the people who are in my world, my Bettys. Um, you know, they're money buddies, like we get to make badass moves. And it's just like, I don't know, it's just kind of become this thing that it just, it feels really awesome. I love it. Ah, I love it. That's so much fun. So much fun. So for everybody out there, check out the School of Betty. I'll put all of your links in the show notes. And I've been ending all of my interviews with a wonderful Oracle card. So Ooh, I love if, it. if you can give me whatever number is inside of your brain. Hmm. I was about to overthink it. Three. <laughs> All right. 
Card number three from Nature's Whispers is mm-hmm. Illumination. Illumination. <laughs> Look at how beautiful that oh, is. Oh, my That's goodness. We're That's gonna, beautiful. We're going to read the special message in the in the book. I love this. Oh, this is what a fun way to end the podcast. Right. Illumination. This is for everybody out there, how we can yeah, illuminate our it. lives. Just as a full moon sheds its light on the world, you are being shown that there is hope and guidance for you. Have faith. Just holding on to a belief in yourself will plant the seed of manifestation in your life. You are being asked to release any worry or fear that you may be harboring. The clarity you desire is at hand. All you need is something in which to place your faith. So trust yourself, your support, and the divine. You will be assisted in difficult times. This can also significantly inspire new love. There is a shedding of light on hidden treasures or surprises. I mean, you can't make that up. It just recapped everything we've been talking about. All of it. All of it. Talk about illumination. We illuminated all of our money shit today. I love it. I love it. Oh, thank you so, so, so much for your time for this super fun conversation. And before we go, anything that you have coming up that the the ladies could connect with? Yeah, well, I'm about to run a live round of Fierce Finances, but I, that's that's going to be starting, I believe, before this drops. Maybe not. We start on January 23rd. And um, I'm probably only going to do one live this year, but it is self-guided. You can always go to my website, theschoolofbuddy.com, and I have a 10-day challenge you can do. I have some freebies you can do, and I have um, Fierce Finances self-guided, so it's my most comprehensive course. That also still includes a monthly group coaching session with me. So um, you can find all the deets there. And I spend most of my time on the Instagrams. I would direct everybody to the grams. I'm loving the grams. It just started exploding for me. I'm so thankful. I know. I have fun on it. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, Well, thank you so much for everybody being here. Go check out the School of Betty. Get your finances and check and start living that abundant life. Thanks for being here. Thank you.